0: When you have a negative assessment or experience of a team member, it's essential that you speak directly with them and not talk negatively behind their backs. When you talk badly about someone without the intention to share it directly, it's essentially gossip, and it can be toxic to that relationship and to the company culture. I'm Jason Gore, and I'm here with executive coach Robert McNaughton. Thanks, Jason. This is a really
1: important distinction, a really important practice. And, you know, it goes back to some conversations you and I have had before about how a a startup workplace is not a social environment, is not a community where it might be understandable to vent and take a release for frustrations without investing more time and energy into it. But if we're really committed to getting to where we want to go with our company, our organization, our team, then we need to actually take responsibility for our experience and bring it to where it needs to go and not just vent energy.
0: Totally. You know, let's say I have an issue with John. You know, John is consistently taking over meetings. He's talking too much. He's shutting people's good points down. And so the result is that we have to go kind of behind his back and do things and kind of clean up afterwards. Right. If I come to you, Robert, and say, oh my God, there John does it again. Like... He is unbelievably bad. Like it's going to do nothing to change the situation. Like all it does is it alienates you. Like you might not have had that experience, and it puts you in an awkward situation. You go out to John, you know, John to dinner tonight. Like uh, Jason has a pretty big issue with it, dude. (laughs) Like, like you know, it's like puts you in an awkward situation of having like secondhand information, Um, and it does nothing to improve the situation or improve the relationship.
1: That's right. And, you know, and it's incredibly common, but it's like one of my teachers said, it's like when we have a conversation like that, where you're venting or gossiping, it's, it's like a faux intimacy where we're drawing a circle around you and me and putting that person on the outside of the circle so that we can feel the intimacy of like being together in something. Yeah. But it's not real. It's not the real kind of connection that we want to foster for the excellence of our work team. But it does. Like you said, it puts me in the awkward position of now like having to manage
0: that as well. You know, it's kind of like cooler talk. Like, yeah. you know, who do we get to beat up on today? You know, we're, we're the cool kids in high school and we get to pick on these other kids. And because we're doing it together, we get to be cool together.
1: Yeah, just because we don't know how to, how to foster that kind of good collaborative energy normally. There's, there's, there's much better things on the menu that we all know about. And it's essential in a startup environment to practice those.
0: Um, the other thing is, you know, what's funny is you said it's a faux intimacy. Yes. I, just want to, I want to follow that up because, like, when you're doing that, like, the, you know, you ask those high school cool kids, did you trust your friends? And they're like, no. Like, yeah. Right. They like, am I going to be next? And are they going to talk negatively behind my back?
1: That's right. That's likely. That's, that's, that's one of the definitions of integrity is like how you behave when other people aren't around. It's a good indicator of how, how that person's going to treat you when you're not around.
0: You know, even people that are good at this where they are willing to have the conversations directly with the person or at least not throw them under the bus with other people if, if they can't, um, they will often get caught up when someone comes to them and vents about a third party. So you come to me about Stephanie who really pissed you off and I let you vent. Now I go see Stephanie and like, do I, I'm, if I want to be a supportive Stephanie, like I kind of need to tell her, but that's really awkward because then I throw you under the bus.
1: Yeah. then, Then we're, we're in a reality TV show.
0: Right. Or if you know, or then I talk about a third party. Hey, someone came to me that's really upset with you, Stephanie. And she's immediately trying to figure out who that person is. And um that's not helpful. And it's secondhand, so she's stuck in this bind of like not knowing about like the content of yes. what actually happened. And so it puts her in an awkward situation. Meanwhile, like she might come back, hey, someone said this, Robert. Was that you? Like, what are you going to say, yes? Like, so here, the point being, like, here I am, you, Robert, Robert come to me. My job, then, is to support you in cleaning it up with Stephanie. That's right. Exactly.
1: Yeah. If if you're coming to me wanting to vent and gossip, it is my accountability. It's my responsibility to then become a collaborative partner with you on how to integrate that tension into making us stronger as a team, into Mm -hmm. making our culture healthier. Because all the things that we're talking about now, Jason, it's like, if you're listening to this recording, I guarantee you, you know what we're talking about. That this is human nature. This is what the social dynamics that happen in culture and but if we're going to transcend that gravitational pull towards the natural dynamics and become like a more evolutionary, a more growth oriented, collaborative, high performing culture, what's on the menu there is we actually take these tensions and we work in a healthy way to bring us closer and in, in a
0: more high performing way together. Mm-hmm. For sure. And the way to do that is to have direct conversations. Yes. Right. Now, let's say that. John really upset me, right? And you know, I don't know how to have that conversation, right? I want to have that conversation, I want to clean it up. I could come to you, Robert, and say, Hey, John really upset me today. Can you support me in figuring out how how I could address this?
1: Exactly, right? And then that's it's pretty simple. I can then be in the position of being like, Okay, well, let's you know, let's say I'm John, what do you want to say? you practice it. I give you just feedback. It's like, yeah, actually, you know, that felt good, what you said right there. The other part stung a little bit. And then without much energy or even necessary experience, you're in a more prepared place.
0: Totally. Now, I have to admit, a lot of my clients think that role-playing is um, cheesy, uncomfortable, weird. Um, And so often I hear something like, you know, I was a little resistant to role-playing, but I'm really glad I did. I, I actually – that conversation went really well, and thank you. Yeah. Uh, and so, you know, taking a peer out to lunch and practicing that conversation, especially someone that knows that person and can guess how they're going to respond, can give you some really valuable feedback about how to have that conversation. And we'll talk about that in direct conversations in another podcast. Yeah. Um, but the point is to really work towards having that conversation and get support or if not, escalate it so that the situation can be resolved and the company can be better off.
1: Right. So, so that's one approach, right? I recognize that I have this tension, this frustration, so I co- go to you requesting support. Conversely, it could be the situation where I come to you and just ready to just be like, I just need to blow off some steam from that meeting and I'm going to start, you know, venting about John there. And that's where the opportunity then for you to, to say, to, to, you know, to frame me into a context of bringing that to John and helping me with that. How, how might you successfully do that?
0: Well, you know, I think that when you frame things as business outcomes, nice, like, you know, if you're coming to me, Robert, and you're complaining about Stephanie, you know, I'll ask in what ways is getting in the way of you doing your job and being successful? Mm hmm. Right. So all of a sudden you see that your complaint is actually blocking your success. And if you don't address it, that you're actually sabotaging not only her, right, and helping her, supporting her through something that she needs to change, but you're also sabotaging yourself.
1: Exactly. Yeah, I might even spoon feed it to you and just be like, wow, you know, it seems like this, uh, this could really be getting in the way of us, you know, being ready for our launch. You know, mm-hmm. and, 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 and like, I'm really committed. Like, I really want to make sure that we hit this so that we get our bonuses this quarter and like, you know, get our next round or whatever it is. It's like, um, how about, uh, why don't we practice you actually saying this to Stephanie so that we can make sure that we don't keep having to talk about
0: this. And I would rather use, you know, saying this to Stephanie, like, well, as I said, we'll get this from another podcast about how to have Fair a, enough. Yeah. but we're not doing anything to Stephanie. That's right. <laughs> It's a conversation with Stephanie about how to improve our collaboration. That's I mean, right. you know it, Robert, but I, I want to pick up on that language. No,
1: no, no. That's an important distinction. Um,
0: because it's like the mindset, you know, when we do this well, we're not coming into the conversation saying, Stephanie, you're broken and need to be fixed. We're coming into the conversation saying something is not working and how we're working together, and I want us to both to be successful. Um, and that mindset shift is probably the biggest thing that we can do to, to make that conversation successful. And as a coach, if you're coaching, if I'm coaching you or you're coaching me, helping the person through that mindset.
1: Yep. And what you said before, Jason, I want to double click on because I think it's, it's key to so many of the things that we talk about, which is leading with the business outcome that to the degree that we can foreground the business goals, the business outcome of this. Um, and in that makes things co- collaborative and co-creative and yeah. even if I am going to engage Stephanie in a Conversation about a place where I'm frustrated the more that I can hold in sight what we're both in service of And then I can say you know in service of that. Can I can I share the experience I had in the meeting last week?
0: Mm-hmm. And I think that's uh, something important to say there. I'm glad you double-click there to Robert because where this behavior comes from and actually makes some sense is in dysfunctional family environments. Yeah, Like if I go to my dad and complain and I happen to have a violent parent, yeah, it might not serve my best interest to do that. And yet I have a big charge and my family's not a safe place for me to have that conversation. I'm gonna go and I'm gonna talk to a, a sibling or a friend and I'm gonna vent. And that's a healthy response in that situation. Right. Right. Um, And maybe that friend says, wow, actually, you understand this is domestic violence and you need help here. Or maybe they're like, you know, support you in other ways. Um, But in a company environment, what you pointed out, Robert, is there is a shared goal, especially in a startup environment where there's equity at stake, where the success of the company is at stake and everybody is invested in the company's success. there are individual goals as well that might need to be renegotiated. Like each department might have different goals, but ideally we're all on the same mission, right? In growing the company, and we're all aligned. And if not, we have other issues to deal with. Um, but in that business context, the cleanup has a completely different uh, level of importance.
1: Yeah, and. You know, I think it's it's a delicate area. This is a really important area where there's so many social dynamics going on, and we need to be careful about making sure that we are doing this in service of the collective, of the mission of the team, of bringing us closer together and more effective. Because what can happen a lot is you're venting to me, and I feel like oh, you know, this is my opportunity to make a big impact and like we're going to we're going to throw stephanie under the bus together because it sounds like she was being abusive to you and being irresponsible and that's not okay with me and like i feel like i need to like you know be the hero in this situation by doing something that's actually destructive to the mission of the team as opposed to bringing us closer together
0: and i think that's where you could really discern excellence is you know when you're doing this well when you have the best interests of not only all the parties involved, but including yourself uh, and the teams and the company. And you got to really look at intentions here is my intention to vent is my intention to throw John or Stephanie under the bus Uh, or is my intention to figure out how to fix this problem. And the, the last one is the one that's obviously the healthy intention. Um, And generally speaking, It should be done with clarity, uh, with promptness and like not wait too long. Um, and done with a, with a sense of support. Yeah. I want him to be successful. I want him to stop this behavior so that he can do his job and we could create a better culture. Um,
1: yeah I, I think that's exactly right. That's, this, this is a sign of excellence. If you're listening to these recordings, you know, you are a leader, which means that people naturally follow you, right. And so you are more um, oriented towards problem solving, not you, know, pr- you know, problem aggravating. Yeah. And I'd see you know the, the cultures where that this practice is done really well. People, once again, they feel able to bring their attentions into relationship with each other. They mm-hmm. feel able to speak to the elephant in the room, the 100 pounds gorilla or whatever metaphor we want to use, and it's actually going to work out well. It's not going to make things damaged, and it's like uh, that, that great movie, uh, The Founder, that HBO, the documentary about the, the medical company just came out, and they were just saying how the culture, they weren't allowed to talk about other departments or things or their tensions they were going on. Like that's the sign of a culture that's not doing this well and in that case was clearly doomed for failure.
0: Right. Uh, and that brings up an interesting point, which is bad mouthing another department is also just as bad as bad mouthing an individual. That's right. Uh, there goes sales again, right? And it you know it's hard enough to keep the departments aligned and in collaboration without bad mouthing. And so it's like really trying to step into a mood of collaboration. Um, I think another sign of when it's done with excellence is who do you go to? Let's say that I know I have this issue with John and I want to figure out how to have the conversation or I'm really scared to have the conversation because of retribution. Like, who do I go to? Do I go to the person that also I know is on my side that doesn't like John? Right, where I'm going to get a lot of collaborative, like that connection you were speaking about earlier, Robert. Do uh, I go to someone actually that that is with, with with John and say, um, hey, how do I have this conversation? You know John better than anybody else. I know you're a support firm. I'm having a challenge here. Tell me tell me how to do this. right? Yeah. Now maybe you will get back to John, which could be bad or you know whatnot. but like they're the person that's gonna give you the best advice for how to do it. In fact, maybe you might even ask that person, would you, would you help me with this? It's like right. like you know if I want a third party to be in the room, a friend of John's who is going to support John in listening to what is being said is going to be the best way to accomplish this. Um, you know, if I can't have it without some level of facilitation.
1: Yes. And the cultures that I've been in, which really just naturally do this. Well, once again, they just transmute gossip into, collaborative, you know, feedback conversations. It's just, it's just how we would have those conversations. Someone would start gossiping and then all inevitably it was like, yeah, I imagine if we're, you know, having this conversation with, you know, Jason right now, it sounds like this. And, um, in, you know, that can be fostered. These behaviors can be developed with practice. And, you know, the first step is, is to practice is to, is to notice what tensions you have going on and particularly notice how you're talking about other people when they're not
0: around. You know, if we wanted to massively improve the performance of a team, I'm pretty sure I could go into any team and if people are receptive to feedback, big if, just facilitate feedback conversations and everybody's gonna really hear where animosity and resentment is coming from and how they can improve and it gives everybody the opportunity to improve. What's required, right, is two things. One is the willingness to give feedback. Mm -hmm. But more importantly, is the willingness to receive feedback. Yes. Uh, And if we, in any high performance culture, like that willingness to receive feedback has to be present. Otherwise, there's no way the culture can continue to grow.
1: Yes. Yeah. And that is um, kind of a line of development as well, of being able to receive feedback well, to be, for one, grateful that, someone's willing to say something to you and not role modeling that it's dangerous to do that. Like making sure that it receives well, uh, there's, there's a whole set of practices that go along with that. And then, you know, we haven't even talked about consent that it's, it's always good. If you're going to bring something to someone to, you know, just to, to pre-frame it a little bit, you know, say what it's in service of, give them the opportunity so they don't, uh, feel like they're being hit from behind. For sure.
0: The other thing that I really want to mention here as we're talking about culture is who do you vent with and who can you go to and who can resolve these issues? Yep. You know, so often in the startup world, there is really no like, executive that's like chief people officer. You know, that person tends to get hired, you know, when a company is like 75 to 100 people. That's right. Um, and what I see over and over again, is try to get that person hired at the 40 to 50 percent mark um, because you look at the amount of headaches that triangulation causes and I mean I can't tell you how many times I've seen a CEO got, get brought into a difficult situation with someone that's three or four people below him and you know what a waste of time when that escalates to the c-suite level because it's causing issues and tensions at lower levels by having a HR professional in place, someone who the team trusts, that can hold things in confidence, that can work with people to have these difficult conversations, can facilitate them, um, the, the more time the executive team is going to have to focus on executive and strategic issues, yes. and the more people are going to learn at the lower levels to have these conversations amongst themselves. And if you can build that culture in early your company will be way better off
1: agreed yeah those are those are uh, competencies that go a long way and self-development goes a long way with that so the person isn't just trying to validate their own their own skills by participating with this
0: you know robert we talk about, we spend so much time on the importance of this and, and a few touched on a few of the how-tos um you know before we end i just have to really say like this is hard it stuff it is um, it's not easy, it's not practice, it's not comfortable, it's certainly not common practice.
1: Yes, that's right. But it's important to know that it is on the menu, that cultures do get there, and that there is a lot of support out there, there's a lot of uh, willingness, and if you call this out in your colleagues, th- they, they will recognize it as the place they naturally wanna be. We wanna be a part of a culture that's collaborating together, because it's more excellence. And that's what feels good is ultimately satisfying as human beings to step into our our higher excellence.
0: Yep. Almost every company I know has some sort of value around transparency, authenticity, or feedback. And it's because it's so important. And And, and I would say, like, if an executive or leader can't step in to this as a practice, then odds are they're not going to be successful at a company.
1: Yeah. Inevitably that the social dynamics like gravity will continue pulling you back to the ground.
0: Yeah. So the key takeaway here um, is this, for this particular practice is when you have a negative assessment of a peer, someone above you, below you uh, or at your level, it's essential to address the issue directly with them and not to talk negatively behind their backs if you need to get some support to have that conversation, great. If you need to escalate it, great. But do something about it. And if you find someone else talking negatively about a third person, then support them in speaking directly with that person or escalating it or dealing with it in some some way that's productive.
1: Yeah, I, I truly believe this practice can change your relationships in every dimension of your life. Thanks for bringing this one forward,
0: Jason. Thanks, Robert. And to our listeners, we hope that this conversation has been helpful.